Welcome to another impactful message from Cornerstone Church, where we truly believe there is one hope for every heart, Jesus Christ. If you'd like to check out more resources or view video of this sermon, visit us online at cornerstonerome.com. I want to talk to you today a little bit, and we're going to cover the angels' story. So this is in Luke chapter 2, and I'm going to share a couple of things from this text here, Luke chapter 2. And then we're going to talk a little bit about <clears throat> the angels' story. So Luke chapter 2, I'll read it to you, and, and, and yours may read a little different, I'll explain. But Luke chapter 2 and verse 8, it says, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And then suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, your Bible may say the Christ, same word I'll explain in a moment, but the Messiah, the Christ, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. In the angel story today, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the names of Jesus that the angels declared. The angels were all about declaring the names of of the Messiah or the Christ. Names, you know, mean something in the Bible, and, these, and especially in this time in their era. But in our culture, it, they do mean things, but they don't have the definition that, like, probably what they would use. Like, we made sure, when I looked at my kids' names, we, we went through a number of names. We made sure, did it sound right with the first name and the last name? Like, it wasn't going to look weird. Like, I thought about when I was in school, I thought, you know, there's some kids that got picked on with their names. I listened to my kids. I'd, I'd try to see if it would make fun of anything. I'd try to make fun of my kids' names, see if they would... I try to give them a head start. You know what I mean? You don't, you don't want one of those names that get made fun of, you know, at school. You know what I'm talking about, right? And, and besides that, my own experience in being named, I thought it was a good thing to actually go through and make sure it was right, okay? So um, when I was a kid, <clears throat> so if you don't know my story very much, so my dad and mom, they divorced when I was about one years of age, and, and, and my dad was gone all the time, all the time. I mean, I, I can recount on one hand probably ten times in, in maybe uh, the time when I was maybe a child, when I say a child, two years of age, maybe three years of age, something like that. I might have remembered being gone once maybe, but then the whole time until I was about 12, 13, maybe ten times seeing him, okay? So not a great, not, you know, now we talk today some, but it's just still, it's, it's very, very complicated. But I remember when I was about 10 or 12, I remember, you know, visiting my dad. It's one of those times where, you know, he had his license. And so uh, I, I was riding with him. I remember he pulls over somewhere. And we're, you know, riding at his, his parents' house and all this kind of stuff. And, and he's just having a little talk, you know, father-son talk, you know. Uh, we, we had a few of those, maybe two or three. But um, a couple of things. This is one of those one of those times like, wow, this is like, whoa, you know, wow. What was going on that day, you know, kind of thing. But anyway... I remember telling me the moment I heard this, he says, you know, Jody, do you know why I named you Jody? And I'm not kidding you, like at 10 or 12 years old, this is why I thought, I thought oh, you named me. <laughs> okay, okay, this is all making sense. Now, wait a minute. Y'all let him name me. I'm thinking about my whole family, my mama, my granddaddy, my grandmama, my uncle, everybody. I put everybody in the bowl and I said, I can't, y'all let him name me? Like, and what, you don't know anything about him. Like, I mean, I love him. He's a great guy. But, like, I'm just saying, about that time, he and Mr. Budweiser, maybe Jim Beam, might have been hanging out a little bit, you know? My name, I thought, man, come on. Did y'all just pull it out of a hat? How did I get my name? And he begins to tell me, though, he said, look, I named you Jody because I had a friend named Jody. He was a really sharp guy. So I wanted you to be like that. Well, that's pretty cool. And then I gave you this middle name, Free, which I hated as a kid. 
Jody Free, and then my last name's Haggerty, and it rhymed. I thought, oh, so stupid, you know. You know, you're a kid, like, you got to write it. My name is Jody Free Haggerty, and no one can pronounce it right. I would try to tell them it's Haggerty. They say, Haggerty, you know, around here, Haggerty. Like, can't nobody pronounce Haggerty? You know, it's just, it's, no, it's Haggerty. Especially when I found out there was an insurance company up in Northeast America. I thought, bro, I got some people that are, like, seriously wealthy. I need to find that long-lost uncle, you know? But I'm trying to help, but they couldn't pronounce it, so it just frustrated me more. But he told me, so I named you Free. Why? Because I wanted you to be free from the drugs and alcohol that I was entangled with. Wow, that's like deep. Last name he didn't have much choice in. But I left there thinking, man, that's pretty, that was pretty deep. And I thought, I'm glad they let the guy hanging out with Jim Beam name me. That was pretty cool. I don't know if Jim and Jack had any influence with that, but nonetheless, there's my name. My name had meaning. The word Jody and free, it doesn't have any real deep depth as far as definitions. But Christ, Messiah, these names I'm going to give you today, they mean something. They mean something very important to all of us. This word Christ, the first one I want to talk to you about today that the angel spoke of, the Christ, the Messiah, it wasn't his last name. A lot of times people think it's his last name, Jesus Christ. It's not his last name, like Jody Haggerty. It's, it's, it's not his last name. It's the Christ. It means the Messiah. Or it means this, the anointed one. In Hebrew, it's the Messiah. In Greek, it's the Christ. It's two different explanations, same name. But it means the anointed one who has been anointed. And what does he have an anointing for? Why is that so important? Because Jesus wasn't like any other priest that was in office. Nicodemus wasn't named the Christ. You understand? He's just Nicodemus. He was Nicodemus the Pharisee. The guy who, Joseph of Arimathea, who let Jesus, you know, use his tomb for a season, his he was from Arimathea, but he, he wasn't Joseph the Christ. Caiaphas, the high priest, he was not Caiaphas the Christ. Jesus was the Christ, which means he was the Messiah. He was the anointed one, not to just feel a role and a responsibility. He was anointed to bring deliverance to people. And so he even says this of, him, of his own accord out of Isaiah, but he records it in Luke 4. Luke records this rather. But let me read this to you. Luke 4, verse 18. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Jesus preached that salvation had come. He healed people physically and emotionally. He set people free from guilt and from shame. He came and he preached and proclaimed that the day of the Lord's favor had come. And then on top of all of that, he declared he was the anointed one. This is why in Acts, that Luke also records this. Luke wrote the book of Acts. He also records this about Jesus. He says in Acts 10, 38, you know that God, watch this, God did not name him the Christ. He said, no, God anointed him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus the Christ with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Why? He was anointed. The Christ is the Messiah. In Hebrew it means Mashiach. It's the best I can do for you, okay? We say Christ, but this is why to me it's so profane for people just to use the name Jesus Christ because you hit your finger with a hammer or because you get mad at somebody and they cut you off in traffic and say, Jesus Christ. 
do you know what we're saying when we do that? Do you know watching online right now, when you say the words Christ, you are not saying the last name of someone. You are declaring that the Messiah, the one who was sent to destroy the works of the devil, that name is reserved for power, not for explicit definitions and, and, and language. We should use it for power, not because we're angry. I don't use it when I'm, I may, I may, you know, hey, you jerk, get out of the way. That's more appropriate for you. But Jesus Christ is reserved for praying for my kids. It's for praying for you. It's for, man, declaring the end of the works of the devil over our lives. It's reserved because he is the only one who is the Christ. And the angel declared, listen, this is Jesus. He is the Christ. He is the Messiah. And one of the other uh, scriptures in Matthew, one of the other angels, they come across and they declare Emmanuel. Let me give you this name. So he's the, he's the Messiah. And then he's Emmanuel. Listen to this, Matthew 1.18. It says, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, when she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. And verse 19 says, Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man. And he did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. I don't know if he's going to send her a text or what. Like, hey, girl, I'm gone. Like, I don't know what he was, I don't know how you do that quietly in a small town of like a thousand people. Like, I don't know how you do that. But anyway, somehow he, he, he worked, he tried to work his magic. But as he considered this, verse 20, it says, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through the prophet. Talking about Isaiah. Look, the virgin will conceive a child and she will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel. We sing it at Christmas time a lot. But Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Now I want to just explain a little bit about this word Emmanuel. Because it's a little easier to talk about the Christ, who's the Messiah, who came to destroy the works of the devil. It's another thing entirely when we start talking about Emmanuel, that God is with you. He's with you right now. He was with you when you came in the doors today. He was with you when you passed down through traffic. He was with you this week when things didn't go right. He's with you when things go well. He's Emmanuel. He's God with you. But most people think this. When I go through a trial or through a storm... Where is God? The majority of Christians ask this question. When I go through difficulty, where is God? It's the age-old question, right? Unless you think that we're the first to ask it. We're not. If you remember uh, at, at the tomb where Jesus came, Mary and Martha are there, their brother Lazarus. You remember him? He had died. Been stuck in a grave now for four days. And Jesus comes rolling up into town. It wasn't like he was that far away. I mean, you know, he could have, they told him he could have came sooner, but he waited on purpose. Because remember, he's the Messiah. He's the Christ. He had to show something. So you, you get what I'm saying? He knew what he was doing. But he shows up and he says to them, he says, listen, hey, what's happening? Well, well, well he's dead. Where have you been? And this is what, you remember what they said? Had you only been here sooner my brother would not have died. Don't you love how the passive aggressiveness works in that family? Uh, you know what I'm talking about, right? Well, if you had only been here, things would be different. Well, like, as if it was my responsibility. I didn't put, you know, Lazarus in the grave. 
I'm not the one that gave him the fever. I didn't get him sick. Why is it my fault? Do you understand what I'm saying? You ever had that happen before? Well, if you'd only been here, we'd have gotten it done. Well, excuse me. And it, I mean, stop blaming everybody else for the problems that go wrong in our lives. You know, it's passive aggressive, all it is. You're just trying to get a, your way out. No, maybe, I don't know what happened to him, but nonetheless, it was for the glory of God. But this is what Jesus says. Hey, roll back the stone. They say, what are you thinking? He stinketh. It's a weird way to say he's dead, but he stinketh by now. First of all, they didn't understand who he was as the Messiah. Second of all, they blamed him for not being there on time. Now, you can look at me and act like you've never said it before or thought it. But it does get frustrating sometimes, does it not? When you see him in other people's boat and you don't feel like he's in your boat. When you feel like you look over, the, you know, one aisle over, one table over now, whatever, and you see other people and they're, God's coming through for them and you say, well, you know, how about you get in my boat too? It'd be nice. I mean, why are you hanging out with them? They, they got their stuff together. They don't need you. I need you. Why won't you get in my boat? And see, all that is is saying the same thing that they did. If you just get in my boat, things will be different as if he's not in your boat. But the last time I checked, Emmanuel meant something. God is with us. Listen, you ought to say this. God is with me. Matter of fact, let's all say it together this morning in case I feel like you might be sleeping because you're looking at me like this morning like you might have had some of that leftover turkey two weeks later like you've been eating some tryptophan this morning. Let's all say this together. God is with me. One, two, three. God is with me. He's not with you. Now, he is with you. But I'm making it personal. He's with me. He's with me in my storms and in my sunshine. I love the Caribbean. I love the blue water and the white sandy beaches. I love all that. I love, man, listen, I don't know if I could be Jamaican or Bahama mine, but I'll tell you what, I love that weather. It feels good on my fingers. I feel the warm sunshine. I just managed some flip-flops, some sand, a little Jimmy Buffett. I'll be good to go, man. You know what I'm saying? I, like, I just enjoy the warm weather. But God is with me whether I'm in the Caribbean or I'm in a blizzard. He's with me. Hebrews 13.5 says, God has never forsaken fail you. I will never abandon you. Now, this is very interesting to me. This is from instruction. This is from the Old Testament out of Deuteronomy about chapter 31. This is where Moses is giving instruction to Joshua. So Paul is, is, I think Paul wrote Hebrews. Paul is quoting this from that scripture. So let me just share with you a little bit about this. So many times, Moses is going to leave. Joshua is going to take over. And he says, listen, Joshua, be strong. I'm leaving. But guess what? You've got what it takes. Most of the time, we only think well, we, got, we got what it takes when we feel like somebody's with us that can help us. But God is with us. And people ask these questions like, well, you know, why can't we see angels? Wouldn't it help if we saw an angel? I don't think so. I don't know that it really would help. Because every time I see in the Bible, many times when angels show up to give messages, it seems cool. It looks awesome. Flaming swords, bright shining angels. Wah! You know? But they freaked everybody out when they showed up, first of all. They had to reassure every one of them. It's all right. I'm not coming to kill you. Pick your feet up off the floor. You know, come on. I need to tell you something. They bring messages and all that kind of stuff. And typically the message sounds like, you know, it'd be great. But if you look at the back end of it, they're usually preparing people for some really difficult stuff coming ahead. I don't really need a visit from an angel. I don't know about you. I've not seen many in the Bible where I go, you know, that'd be great. I just don't, I don't think you need one. 
they usually assigned difficulty was ahead. So do you want to see angels? Or do you want to know that Jesus is with you? Angels show up infrequently. I've never seen one. I've got friends who've seen one. I've never seen one. I've had friends who've been in here and said they've seen them. That's cool. I've seen people said they've seen some beside me. That's cool. I've never seen them. I'm cool with not. <laughs> Again, every time I see them in the Bible, it would seem like tough stuff ahead. I'm good. I got plenty enough going on. I don't need an angel telling me more is coming. Just hang out. You can hang up in heaven. <laughs> Circle around the throne. Do your thing. Leave me out of it. I'm, I'm cool. I got enough, you know? This is what sustains me, though. Emmanuel, John 14, 16. Watch what Jesus said. I'll ask the Father. He'll give you another advocate who will never leave you. For he is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world can't receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. He talks about the Holy Spirit. Listen, man, Jesus said the Father's going to send you another comforter. Why? Because I'm Emmanuel. I'm not coming to hang out with you just at Christmas on December the 25th. I'm coming to put something in you that will never leave you and never forsake you. And that is his Holy Spirit. And he's with you whether you're in a storm or a trial or you're in the sunshine down in the Caribbean. He's with you. Isaiah 8 says this. Listen, oh, Emmanuel, huddle together, you nations, and be terrified. Listen, all you distant lands, prepare for battle, but you will be crushed. Yes, prepare for battle, but you will be crushed. Listen to this, verse 10. Call your councils of war, but they will be worthless. Develop your strategies, but they will not succeed. For God is with us. Emmanuel, the Lord has given me a strong warning. Watch this, not to think like everybody else does. Where's God? Why don't God answer me? He said, don't call everything a conspiracy like they do. That might be good for today. <laughs> and don't live in dread of what frightens them. But make the Lord of heaven's armies holy in your life. For he's the one that you ought to fear. He's the one that ought to make you tremble. He's the one that's going to keep you safe. Because he's Emmanuel. He's God that's with us. And he's saying this, man, listen. There's times when things aren't going to go right. There's times when things go wrong. There's times when things are upside down and you can't figure it out. And there's things that are not going to go your way. There's things that you wish you prayed for that you didn't get. There's all kind of stuff that's going to make you think weird stuff that doesn't line up with God's word. And here's what he says. Don't think like the rest of the world thinks. I am with you. There's a really cool psalm that we all probably know part of, Psalm 23, that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of what? Death. My God is still what? Thou art with me. You're with me. It means no matter what your face, it could be a canyon on this side, a canyon on that side, but listen, I don't care how dark it is. <laughs> just keep swimming, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, just keep swimming. That's the thing you got to do. They got that from the Lord. Anyway, don't believe everything you hear like those without any hope, man. Listen, you have Emmanuel, God is with us. And the last name, this is the name that I think that obviously is the most important, but is the name Jesus, the angels declared. They declared he's the Messiah, he's the Christ. They declared that he is Emmanuel, he is God with you. In other words, he can do amazing, miraculous stuff, and he's always with you, so don't focus on what's going on around you, but focus on who's in you. And then he says this, in the sixth month, this is in Luke 1, 26. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel Gabriel to Nazareth, to a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary, and she was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph. She hadn't got the text yet. 
Because, you know, they're busy. They're working there. Angels do some stuff, man. She's, they're trying to keep this little thing together. She was engaged to be married to him. He was a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and he said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Now, you had thought that would have just made her day, right? No, she was confused and disturbed. I guess you would be too. We read these stories like, well, why didn't she just understand? Would you have understood? <gasps> you know, like all of a sudden, you would, I mean, literally, reset me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I would, I'd be gone. I know people, we like to be so spiritual and you can act it if you want to. I'm telling you right now, one of them things showed up. A big angel with a flaming sword, lots of ah, glory behind them. Bow. I'm out. Resuscitate. Pick me back up off the floor. She, she's disturbed, confused. And plus, she's, she's younger too. So, interesting enough, you wonder why God used someone younger? Because typically they believe quicker and faster than those of us who are older. So anyway, he says, <clears throat> don't be afraid, Mary, the angel said, for you have found favor with God. You'll conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. Jesus. So just for the next few minutes here, I want to just say a few things about the name of Jesus. <clears throat> Just speaking that name calms storms. It may not stop the rain, but it takes the teeth out of it. We used to, <clears throat> we used to have this uh, song, and I'm terrible with the lyrics, so I can't do it. If Jared, she could do it, but like I, I don't, I don't know half the lyrics to half the songs we sing. That's why I, <laughs> half the time I look at the screen. If I close my eyes, I'm making up my own stuff because I don't. I'm terrible with lyrics. I am, but <clears throat> I do the best I can with it. <clears throat> But there's an old song called Jesus, and I don't even know the name, but it's just, it went, Jesus. You remember this song? You heard it before? Jesus, if you know it, it's kind of help me out with it. Jesus, right? Jesus. Oh, that's pitiful. There's just something about that. Right? Do you know what, Cherish? She, of course she does. <laughs> Let's do it one more time. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, let all heaven and earth proclaim. I don't know the rest of it, but it's something like kings and kingdoms may all pass away. But there's something about that name. You remember singing that like? I remember seeing that, like, we'd come to church, and I don't know, like, half of what the chords were. I didn't know half of why. But even in that, I didn't even know half the Bible stuff that I know now. But that alone was just calm. Because there's something about that name. His name is Jesus in Hebrews, Yeshua comes from a word named Hoshea, Joshua. It means salvation. When Moses changed Hoshea's name to Joshua, it meant God of salvation. So where Jesus comes from, and Jesus' name actually means this. The Lord Jehovah, who is the self-existent one, 
saves. That alone is worth more than any Christmas present you'll get this year. The Lord Jehovah, the self-existent one who saves. That God did not need you. He didn't need an angel. He didn't need anything else. He himself came down from heaven in the form of a baby, submitted himself to parents, died on a cross for the sins of the world so that we might receive him. And one of the things that I love about this that in this name it refers to Joshua. This is Joshua had to do the same thing that we had to do. In the name of Jesus, it's not just something we sing. It's not just something that we talk about. It represents lordship. And Joshua had to understand this, that Jesus is Lord. He didn't know it at the time, same as we often understand, that Jesus is Lord. He's not just Lord on Sunday morning from 10 to 12. He's not just Lord when I do my Bible study or my small group. He's not just Lord when I listen to a podcast. He's Lord when I'm in the Caribbean or I'm in a blizzard, in a storm, whether he's in my, I feel like he's not in my boat or he is in my boat. He's still Lord regardless. I don't serve him when everything goes right for me. I don't, I don't just come and pray to him when everything's going wrong and get my life back together and then I'll just serve him for a while. When things get better, I jump back out. No, 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 no. He's either Lord of all or he's Lord of none. He's got to be Lord. You've got to settle that. He's either Jesus is Lord. Job said this, even though he slays me, yet will I what? Trust him. He's Lord. And when Joshua encountered him, I believe it was Joshua, but it was an angel of the Lord is what the Bible says, but I believe it was Jesus. But Joshua 5.13, I read this and I'm going to wrap up. Joshua 5.13 says, when Joshua was near the town of Jericho, he looked up and he saw a man standing in front of him with a sword in his hand. And Joshua went up to him and he demanded, are you a friend or are you a foe? He said, neither one. I am the commander of the Lord's army. And at this, Joshua fell to his face in reverence and, I, I, and said, I am at your command. What do you want your servant to do? The commander of the Lord's army said, take off your sandals for the place where you're standing is holy. And Joshua did what he was told. I love it how so many times we come and we ask Jesus to take sides with us. You know, like, Jesus, you need to get in my boat. You need to get with my little thing that I'm doing right now. You need to be to my political party. You need to be with my persuasions. You need to be with my... When was the last time, instead of asking him to join us, we decided to just join him? Because then we're in my Bible. It never works the other way. You're never going to get God to come to your side to join you with your agenda and to get your stuff going. You've got to join him completely, and then he works through you in what he wants to do. That's the way it works. Which side are you on? Are you friend or are you foe? you with me? you against me? Neither one. I didn't come here to take a side with you. I came here to take over. That's what he wanted to do in Joshua's life, and that's the same thing he wants to do in our life. And one of the most humble things you can do this morning is this. Now, literally, don't do this. This is a metaphor because we don't need a stinky feet but is to represent and understand what happened here to take off your sandals it was a sign of respect and surrender to the home or to the person that asked you look in my you take off your sandals take off your shoes joshua did that some of you this morning you know not right now spiritually you need to take your sandals off again those of you watching online right now, listen to me very carefully. For some of you, this world has created such a division for all of us this last year. 
you need to come back to the one that matters the most, and that is Jesus. And you just need to take your sandals off, which means wherever you tread, you have domain. But once you let go of your shoes, you let go of that, you release that domain. You say, God, it's no longer me who's going where I just want to go. I give you everything, and I surrender my steps to you, Lord. I surrender everything that I want to do, and I give it to you. And if you tell me I'm no longer supposed to do this, then so be it. But many times we won't do that because we're afraid he's going to tell us, stop walking in that direction. Even though it might be righteous, stop walking towards your cause. Give it to me. What would happen in our nation again? God, have mercy on us all if we would just surrender our desires for this nation to God again. Don't you know he can run it better? Oh my goodness, he can run it so much better than us. Instead of fighting so much, we just surrender what we want. Say, not our will, but your will be done, God. Do it so much better than the things that you want, I guarantee you. He wants it to be so much better than what you want. But for your life this morning, I want to talk to you. Those of you watching online, this in this room right now, I want you to bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment. And I want to pray for you. The name of Jesus is not a name that we just use flippantly. It's a sign of surrender, lordship. It's a sign of complete control being given to Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Lord of all. So if you're watching online or you're listening in this room right now, I just know in my heart, I felt like the Lord gave me this for a reason. There's some of you watching online right now, some of you in this room, you need to spiritually, symbolically, you don't have to take them off right now, but in a sense, you understand what I mean. You just need to surrender your shoes, the steps that you're taking to the Lord. It's not even that you're not a Christian, but you're going where you want to go. You're doing what you want to do, and you're refusing to yield certain parts of your life to the Lord, and He's saying, when will you let me take over? And stop asking me to take your side, but allow me to just take over. I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would be bold enough, brave enough, courageous enough to yield your steps to the Lord. And for those of you that are watching right now, maybe you're not even a believer, you say, I I don't even know how to start. I want to pray for you today. You're watching online or you're in this room right now, you say, "I I don't know the Lord Jesus and I don't know how to begin a relationship with God. Here's what I want you to do. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. It's a prayer of surrender. It's a prayer of salvation. The Bible says if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. So right now I want to do that. And I want you to pray this prayer. You put it in your own words, however you want to pray it. I'm just going to lead you along in in a small prayer right here. Just pray something like this. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today and I give you my life. I give you my heart. I give you my steps. I surrender everything. Jesus, I make you Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, we're so proud of you, right, church? Would you give them a hand right now? Let them know online how proud you are of them right now. So proud of you. Listen, on your, on your screens right now, you'll see something that says something along the lines of connect.cornerstonerome, depending on the stream that you're watching, whether you're YouTube or Facebook, or you're watching on live at cornerstonerome.com. There's something that says connect.cornerstonerome.com. We just want to help you get started walking with God. You click on that. Some of our pastors would love to help you get you some information on how you can begin walking with 
Jesus. Same thing in this room as well. You can do the same thing right there. Just click on that. We'll help you get started walking with God. Before you leave today and before you click off, I always want to declare this blessing over you in Numbers. Numbers chapter 6 and verse 24. The scriptures say this, May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. May God bless you so much. We love you guys. We'll see you next week. God bless you. You're dismissed. If today's message blessed you, we want to encourage you to take a moment and share this podcast with a friend. Remember, there's one hope for every heart, and that's Jesus. See you next time.